With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody, or a happy Monday to you all. I guess it'll be a, a little bit of a different week, a fun week for us. This is the... PGA DFS first look show for the CJ Cup. It is not in Jeju Island, South Korea. It is actually in Sin City, Las Vegas. We get to stay in Vegas for a week. Jeff, thanks for joining me here each and every Monday. We had a tough week last week, you and I. We chatted a little bit yesterday, a little bit before the show. Definitely uh, a heart-wrenching beat. On top of my idiotic move, I had Matt Wolf tickets from this show, which you and I talked about, and uh, that just... Turned me upside down after everything else that happened. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Were you able to navigate it? Did you get any money on Party Marty? I mean, I, no, no money. Um, you know, Martin Laird's a dude I've actually talked about. I might have even put him in my, like, three guys under, you know, 5% uh, section on the Osimo article I write every week, The Approach. So it's a free article. You guys can check that on the site every week. I always do, like, three guys, I think, who are, are good tournament targets under 5%. I definitely put Martin Laird there. I can't remember. I'm going to have to go back and check if I had him there last week. He was definitely on my short list, though. So I had exposure to him in DFS, and I actually had him with Matt Wolf in lineups. It's just those were all like three and four or six lineups because so much of the chalk crashed. So I couldn't take advantage of him in DFS. I didn't get to him from a betting angle or anything like that. I actually had like a lot. My long shot with Wyndham Clark was in it, but, you know, obviously he fell off on Sunday. Not unexpected. Um, what was unexpected, Martin Laird playing like, uh, you know, um, Victor Dubasan from the, the match play like in 2015 or whatever. So um, it sucked, but uh, you know, it, it happens. And yeah, I had the Wolf ticket as well. I think I mentioned him as my, my favorite bet on the show last week. And he, I mean, I mentioned him a lot of places. So um, that one hurt. You, you always expect Matt Wolf to get past Austin Cook and Martin Laird in those situations. But you know, sometimes the underdog uh, has the day. So. Yeah, so let me ask you a question um, in your betting, uh, more of a betting philosophy question. You're sitting there with a Matt Wolf ticket. You know he's in a three-way playoff with Cook and Laird. He's likely the favorite to win. Have you ever, do you ever, and when do you, if you do, hedge in that situation? So it, it's, a, it's a tough call. I mean, if, I think if you're looking at this long-term, I, I don't think hedging is, is as the profitable move. Like In most cases, I don't think it's, it's the profitable move. You... The reason you're taking a guy like Matt Wolf is because you think he offers good value in the outright market, right? And yep. so when you're getting him down at those odds against players like like Cook and um, and Laird, I mean that that's the kind of that's the kind of spot you want, right? So um, it didn't work out this time. I still think like long term, 
um, you know, hedging that spot isn't the right move. But you could have gotten Laird at, at, and Cook at, at good prices to hedge on too. I guess is the other. The other yeah, I guess that was um, my thing. If 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 he's, you know, is there a point in that playoff where Wolf gets to plus one forty? Right. Going to try and put some of that money. I, you know, I sat there. I didn't do any. I was team no hedge. You know, I, I find that that's probably the best way to go most of the time. But I guess in this situation, um, it's, no, yeah. it's interesting conversation because you know you have a win if Wolf wins. Yeah, it, it, yeah, for sure. And um, it, that's the thing. I got I, a three way, and the, that's the thing. It's three guys, right? Like you, you have to hedge two people, which is which makes it even tougher. And um, you know, if we had gone down to two people, I definitely would have looked at it. I think uh, you know, if there just came a good spot, I'm of the the view is hedging is kind of just like. When, when your guy gets, uh, you know, you're just kind of avoiding disaster. I like to hedge small. Um, I don't want to lose, uh, like I said, a lot of that edge that I got from or perceived edge that I got from betting the guy in the first in, in the first place. Right. Because I think long term, you want to let that play out as much as possible. So hedging to me, it's, it, you know, it's it, it's a risk thing. It's how much risk you want to take on. Everyone's got different philosophies. I think long term, the less you hedge, the better. And when you do hedge, you want to get in situations where you're getting really good odds you know, if, if you're betting someone else to win, obviously you're as a hedge, then you want to get really good odds on them. Make sure it's a, it's a good spot. So this was just a situation where, and the other thing is, look, it's Matt Wolf against Cook and Laird, right? Like I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't be, I'm just like, if, if Wolf loses, that's fine. I, but this is a spot where you expect him to win. He didn't, I, I can live with it. Yeah. You gotta, I guess, as you mentioned, kind of just live and die uh, by the bets you make and kind of stick with it. So all right, let's move on uh, to our second topic. Actually, first, before we go on, let's just talk about Matt Wolf really quickly being a bridesmaid. Uh, Runner-up in back-to-back events now at two vastly different golf courses and two incredibly different PGA Tour events. Is he becoming one of the more elite plays? Uh, I mean, DraftKings this week is telling us that he is. I had I had him projected at $10,000, and that's exactly what DK put him at. I think it maybe it's time we got to talk about him in, in the elite of players at this point. I mean, it's getting pretty close. Yeah. I mean, that's why I hopped on him last week. Like, I think some people might've just been like, eh, I don't really want to bet Matt Wolf at like, you know, 25 to one after I just got him at the U S open, but you look at his, uh, you know, shorter and longer term look and, and it just, it projects as a player who like, he's not going anywhere. Right. I mean, this is a player who, who's prolific winner in, in college, um, he won really quickly uh, out uh, on the PGA, and we've seen guys like Morikawa come through now with a couple more wins. Like, it's coming for Matt Wolf. I mean, the, the only knock against him, you could say, well, he's 21. You know, maybe it takes, like, another year for him to really get those wins rolling, but I don't know. Um, I think this is completely fair where, where he's priced now. The TD Green stats say so, too. I just think you can see it. Like, the confidence is there with him. I mean, shooting yourself into contention in two uh, straight major championships – Again, we got unlucky last week, but um, in, in a lot of ways, like if he had won, he might have even been more expensive this week. So, you know, if, if we're looking at it like event by event situation, you kind of got to be looking at like, okay, I'm kind of glad he lost because he might have been even more expensive and had even worse odds if he had actually won that playoff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. Um, in a no-cut event, $10,000, we will certainly talk a bit more about Mal Wolf as it continues here. But now let's talk a little bit about Will Zalatoris and the special temporary membership that they have on PGA Tour. We're also going to talk about Justin Sue. So I want to mention Will Zalatoris. He's got, we're going to do a little bit of math here on the show today. So if you like math, give us a like and subscribe to our channel here. We're going to kind of teach you guys, go down the road of the FedEx Cup point distributions. 
And again, you know, does this matter for us for DraftKings this week? No, it doesn't matter for us DraftKings this week, but it may matter in the future because this guy is pretty close to getting on the PGA Tour. All right, so we got 105 points for his T6 at the U.S. Open. Okay, not bad, right? Corrales, he pulled in another 95 points for his T6 or T8 there. I'm sorry, 80 points. I'm sorry, 80. So we got 185. And then last week, he got 100 points. So he's at 285. And what does he need to get to the actual specialty temporary membership? Well, he needs another 35 or so points. Just over 300 FedEx Cup points will get him there. So that means he's real close. It means if he makes a cut the next time out, he's going to be offered this. And that gives him basically access to every single tournament, except for these no-cut events that we have in the next two weeks, the WGCs and the majors. But basically, he's going to play a full schedule, very similar to Will Gordon and Doc Redman has done in the past couple of years. Is this guy in play almost every single week now when he gets to tee it up? I mean, he's almost top 50 in the world, and he doesn't even have status on the PGA Tour yet. Yeah, that's the other thing that's coming up for him. Like, if he gets in the top 50 players in the world, that he's going to have access to these. Like, he he could get in a situation almost where he's not even a PGA Tour member, and he's, like, getting into the WGC events or yeah. something. It's, it would actually be really weird, wouldn't it? Um, you know, you see him, like, playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, and then he just pops up at a WGC or something. But I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll, he's will he got one more start. He'll he'll get the, the full membership, and oh, his yeah. days of uh, – the Corn Ferry Tour will be over. But, yeah, I mean yeah, – um, for, for all intents, if he wants to go back for the next two weeks, he can. But I yeah. think three weeks, what is it, the RSM or the Bermuda? In three weeks, yeah. once this no-cut is done, he'll make the cut. He'll, he'll be, be at the Bermuda, and then he'll be – he's still got the RSM and the OHL Classic. Yep. All he needs is, like, one top 30 from those. I mean, he'll be fine. So, yeah, yeah I, I, it's just a matter of uh, – wait. it's really just, you know, he'll the, – the real run for him will be next year. But, yeah, as far as – Absolutely. If he's going to be priced like he was last week, yeah, he's a must play. Um, that was one of the, the misses I, I went off last week. I thought, oh, maybe fatigue's going to set in and this will be the spot where Sal Torres just regresses a little bit or, or something like that. But nope, um, just just straight up, you know, balling again, getting himself in contention. And I don't know. I mean, do you see people throwing out the idea, you know, he's got one corn fairy win and like how much better is he really than some of these other players? But it, it's so consistent. I mean, just ridiculously consistent. So, uh, I mentioned, you know, the putter is still a, a thing with him and, and maybe that'll be something that holds him back from necessarily being like a prolific, prolific winner. But he, I think eventually he'll get there on the PJ Tour. And yeah, just from a DFS perspective, yeah, you're you're going to just, you're going to, it's like a, another Tony, a more consistent Tony Fiend now, I think, is what you're going to get from Will Zeltoris. So that's an interesting comparison. I like that. Um, yeah. Next guy I want to talk about in this category is Justin Sue. And this guy now, uh, he's going to get yeah. a start. He's, he secured about 90-ish points in last week, another 80 at Corrales. So he's at 170. So that's a real good start for him. The minimum he'll get out of that is into the Corn Ferry Tour finals at the end of the year. So if he doesn't make any more cuts, he's going to secure himself at least a chance to get status either on the Corn Ferry Tour or back to the PGA Tour through that uh, Corn Ferry Tour finals. But with another top 10, he's got another five sponsor exemptions to go for this year. If you had to put your money on seeing this guy in the small sample that we have in the last little bit, you think he gets it done as well? Yeah, I kind of do. Um, I do. I, I mean, look, these guys are so talented, um, these young guys. And I know, I think it was you I was talking about with them. I mean, he was in the same 
class of like you know the, the guys are winning here. I mean, Corey Kawa and Wolf and in, in Yeah, like uh, I mean, you know, you, you definitely need to dive a little deep on Justin Sue if you're not sure of the name yet. Um, like uh, this was expected of him kind of like a year ago. It's just he took a bit of a different road. So, yeah, I mean, just to add another player to like the the pile here. I mean, you you can have Sue. Zell Torres, uh, another couple of young studs to play next year. Guys who just should be ramming out top tens. I think he gets it done. I really hope he gets it done because I want to see him have the same opportunity next year and, and, you know, be able to take advantage of that maybe early in the year in, in case players aren't convinced. So yeah, a, a couple of good performances. Um, I, again, I didn't get on him last week because it, it's, you never know what, I mean, we, we had the one good performance, but yeah, I'm, I'm sold now. Like when he, when he comes again, he'll be firmly in my radar. Yep, absolutely. And uh, it was a little home event. He lives out in Vegas now, too. So uh, definitely had, had everything going right for him. What I like to see out of him, when I was watching Corrales, and, and if you've learned about this guy a little bit, he kind of takes a little bit of a mantra from, from one of my other favorite players, Spieth. He, he relies on his putter. But what I love to see at Shriners is he was top five in strokes gained on the approach. So right. um, certainly has the approach game off the tee. You know, couldn't really tell last week. With it, with how firm the fairways were, everybody was hitting at 340. So, yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's go into uh, our DFS review this week, which has a little bit of a different title, if you will. And we'll get to why that title is the way it is in a little bit. But first, let's just go over a couple of the top performers. And man, TPC Summerlin was absolutely shredded by these golfers last week. We had a ton of golfers over 100 points. And I only put the golfers that scored above 112. Martin Laird led with 152.5 points. Matt Wolf, 142. Austin Cook, 137. Bryson, 122.5. Will Zalatoris, 121. Abraham Answer. That's a two and the zero is mixed up. I apologize. It's at, at actually 120 points. James Hahn also with 120. Peter Malnati again, Jeff. Crazy. I, I mean, he gained 90 billion strokes putting. <laughs> and then he just backs it up again. Justin Sue, 114. Matthew Neesmith and Sung J.M. round out the top 10. Going over to ownership. Like you mentioned at the top, a lot of chalk missed. We had five missed cuts in the top 10 owned. Yeah. Obviously, Wolf and DeChambeau were kind of the obvious plays. Both of them came in the top 10. Patrick Cantlay was also 13. So maybe the top end of the chalk hit, but for all intents, a lot of the chalk missed. So if you're a player like me that fades the chalk typically, it should have been a good week for you. Yeah, I mean, you obviously had to be on the right chalk, uh, you know, with, with Wolf and, and Bryson. Um, Bryson definitely, you know, I, I just made a few too many balanced lineups for me. Uh, but um you know, I, I did avoid uh, a lot of these guys. I mean, like, I, I feel good about myself for avoiding, you know, Harris English. Um, didn't uh, didn't have go crazy about, um, you know, a, a couple other guys. But, like, I, I didn't get enough Canley and, and I didn't get enough uh, Bryson. So, I mean, that's kind of what, what killed me. But, yeah, I mean, Hideki missing, I, I guess you could have said that's predictable given how bad he puts. And, and Harris English just felt overpriced. You know, Ventura, a guy... Again, I'm, I, I don't mind. I like Chris, Christopher Venture, but again, you know, when he gets to be a little bit over to the chalky, I mean, he's still inconsistent in a lot of areas of his game. So, I was I avoided some of this. I didn't get enough of the guys who made it, unfortunately. Again, with uh, with me being so high on Wolf, it, it did kind of feel like a lost opportunity. But again, you, I mean, it just speaks to speaks to PGA DFS and how frustrating it can be. You can be you can smash two or three guys. If, if the rest of your if the rest of your lineups you just can't get that that right combo together, it's just doesn't matter. So um, okay. yeah, just just let's it talk is. for a second. Yeah, let's talk for a second about Colin Morikawa because I, I want to bring up an, an observation maybe for uh, you to take a look at. 
uh, as we move further, but it's something that I've kind of observed with him. If he gets off to a slow start, which he's had now in the last three golf tournaments, he doesn't compete. In fact, he's missed the cut in the last two events after shooting six over at the U.S. Open on day one, bounced back with a one over on day two, but missed the cut because of his, you know, 76 on day one. Here on on Thursday, he shoots, what, two under on a course that obviously he should shred. I mean, he lives there, comes back the next day with a four under, but it wasn't good enough to get to the cut. So whether it's taking advantage of that in the betting markets and saying, okay, well, if, you know, it's, it's hard to fade people in the betting markets unless you're betting against them. Uh, but certainly maybe betting for him, if we see him get off to a hot start, I think maybe it's an opportunity to jump on him uh, to win the golf tournament because we know he's got that upside. But the sluggish starts are concerning me a bit, especially when we've got to pay 9800 for him like we did last week. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he's, um, you know... It- Obviously, we're all... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, high on Morikawa now, but at the same time, he's been a little bit inconsistent. And it kind of feels like there's just a little bit of that major hangover. I mean, they um, they get through, you know, obviously he's, he's won the big event. I mean, you, you kind of wonder what his motivation level for an event like the Shriners is at this point. I mean, I know he goes out there and says, I want to win every week. I know that. But mentally, there's probably a little bit of a block there. Um, you know, again, not a guy that, uh, and, and maybe that's that's how you play him right now. Just, you know, you wait till you get to these WGC events or or the majors and you get back on. Because I don't think there's anything crazy wrong with his game. Maybe maybe he's just not putting quite as well, but we've, saw, we've seen what his upside is there. So I think there's definitely something to that. I think with a young player breaking through like that, it's a natural sort of block that you're going to have when you get to the Shriners. I mean, it's just like, okay, this isn't like I'm not getting as jacked up as I was at the PGA Championship. So I started slow. Let's just, uh, let's just go have some fun, Mike. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Something to uh, certainly keep an eye on uh, as we try and pick up, of course, in any edge that we can see. So speaking of any edge that we can see, uh, now is a great time to get in golf. I saw something earlier from a tweet from a golf journalist. We're 30 days away from Masters Week. That's just it yeah. blows my mind, you know, that we're going to actually have a Masters in November. Um, so if you want to join us, it's a great time to do so. Join us for the month. It's $29.95 for the month, and that's going to take you up through Masters coverage. Now, you won't get the weekend stuff there, but you could join us then for a week afterwards if you want to. It's only $8.95 for the week. And, of course, if you want to try all the sports out, right now we got MLB playoffs, NFL is in full swing. NFL seems to obviously dominate the talk. Then now we have one of the, the premium sites to FanDuel not paying anybody out or not even have, have any live scoring. But don't worry, we're going to sift through all of that. Join us for the week, Osmo Weekly Plus Pass, $29.95. That's going to get you access to all of the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including pro- player projections, ownership projections, and so much more. So perfect time to join and join us on the Osmo Plus side today. So Let's talk now about the top GPP line from last week, Jeff. As you can imagine, or as one can imagine, had Martin Laird in it, had Matthew Wolf in it, had Abraham Answer in it, but it also had Peter Malnati. There he is again, 1.6% owned. 
Um, and uh, then it also had Joaquin Neiman, who was maybe, maybe a throw in there, but still it fits the salary purposes. And he had a great weekend. He is he's definitely yeah. a weekend golfer shooting nine under going 67, 66. So um, Peter Melnati, honestly, is really the only surprise here, right? Maybe Abraham answer coming in at 9%. That was a really good against the grain play, actually. Yeah, I think answer was a pretty good uh, a good play for sure. I mean, um, I, you know, you looked at him at that price range. Obviously, a player who's who's had some really like good results in fields like this this year. So, kind of a, a course, you know, more of a second shot course where he doesn't have to worry too much about being uh, a little bit short off the tee, and that can still still get it out there a bit. So, not not surprised. I mean, he he can fire it up uh, in these low scoring events. Uh, you know, at the Harry Heritage and and the. Um, the, the Amex from earlier in the year, he's done it. So I definitely like that play. Kind of like the Neiman play as well for that reason. And then Malnati and Laird, like like I said, I, I was kind of on Laird. I mean, Malnati doing this two weeks in a row is pretty crazy, but we do see this with the, with the fall series, man. We, we get, These guys will just come in. Speaking of fall series, play. Austin Cook? Uh, I forgot to mention him as a bridesmaid up top, but... What, right, I know. Like, I don't know where in the, in the fall series again. Yeah. Again, I mean, Malnati and Cook, uh, yeah, you forget he, Austin Cook was even in this event. It's funny because he lost in the playoff. But, I mean, everyone's talking about Martin Laird, and obviously everyone wants to focus on Wolf again. But, like, <laughs> Austin Cook was right there. I mean, could easily won the event. He probably had, like, no airtime too, right? So Very little. And Austin Cook win would have been a lot of we- ways weirder than Martin Laird because Martin Laird was the guy everyone was talking about all day. So, um, yeah, he wasn't even in the winning lineup. Obviously, that's how owned, uh, low-owned Austin Cook was. But, yeah, Malnati, again, just a small swing. Just brings out the best in some of these guys. And uh, good for Malnati. He's, he's riding a heater. Um, not much and i got to give this guy credit, PK Golf 5, for only eight entries. So, like to see yep. maybe a, a non-MME-er get it done. He found his way to Laird and Malnati in one of his eight entries. i, I got to give it to him. He, 72% ownership, exactly. Yep what you know you and i say to target each and every week with 49 on the salary so um, really well built there let's go and check and see how some of our favorite pros did this week and who they focused on Uh, alex osmo baker is uh gonna be our start as he is each and every week he went into webb simpson ricky fowler matt kuchar hideki matsuyama louis ustazen scotty scheffler pat cantlay jason day colin morikawa and will zelatoris as his top 10 percent i'm sorry not top 10 owned uh, eight golfers over 20, which is maybe a little bit more aggressive uh, than Alex normally does. Uh, had some had some t- tough miscuts, especially with Ricky Fowler there. I mean, the, the poor guy, he just can't get it done. And then he was using a new putter, which was just terrible. Uh, just not going well for uh, for Ricky. Um, anybody surprise you on that top 10? Honestly, the only one that maybe surprised me uh, was Matt Kuchar, just because he's just really not playing well. But he ended up bouncing back, and I think he – Ended up in the top 35, um, which for yeah. 7,600 isn't bad. But anybody else surprise you there or pretty standard? Kuchar surprised me a little bit, but I, you know, he was one of those guys I actually was kicking myself a little bit over. I mean, not that he obviously did anything crazy, but, you know, he, he's Matt Kuchar at that price in this field. Like, I probably should have given him a little bit more credit there. I mean, uh, and look, on a week where a lot of chalk did busted and a lot of those plays, I, chalk guy used busted, which you'll see. I mean, um, I, he would have made for a nice play to because, I mean, I had exposure to the guys like with upside with Wolf and Laird. So that kind of sucked. Um, but uh, other than that, no one really there surprising at all. I definitely like Doosty. Um, he was in most of my lineups, to be honest. Um, 
you know, so Alex's ownerships, you know, maybe a little bit high on Ricky, but I, I again, like Ricky could have easily pulled the Sergio. Looked like he might do that. Um, looked like week. he was playing really well. He was at eight under, if I'm not mistaken, or seven under. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, he, he looked like he was going to set himself up to make at least some kind of charge at the top five on the weekend, right? And then it was like, oh my God, like what was happening here? So um, that kind of, uh, yeah, that was weird. But um, so you could have made an argument. I guess the only other thing you say is like, um, you know, the complete Bryson fade over Webb. Um, I guess who else are you going to fit? You pivot off of like off of Bryson, but I, I'd almost rather like split the ownership there or, or just like, I don't know, maybe fade both. So I, I don't I, I, it's a little bit high for Webb Simpson than I, than I thought I'd see. But other than that, um, no, not, not too many surprises with um, with Alex's anyways. Yeah, as we go down to mine, you'll see that you won't find Webb Simpson <laughs> anywhere near the top. What a surprise there. Um, I had what I felt was a pretty good core. I had, In fact, I had six golfers end up in the top ten. Yeah. Um, had a really good week on picking that. Matt Wolf, Pat Cantlake, Sung J.M., Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Sue. One of my top five owned, and all of those guys were in the, you know, I think top 13. Only Sung Jay wasn't in the top 10, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But then I had like Doc Redman, Luke List, Hideki Matsuyama, and Scotty Scheffler as kind of that next batch of guys owned. So while I had a positive week on the GPP side, um, I didn't hit, hit anything big. And it was because of that, I'll call it that sixth guy in the lineup. Those kind of four that I just mentioned really struggled. Uh, William Gordon, I also had about 14%. He missed on the number two. So um, tough, tough out there. Positive week for me though, on the GPP side, uh, but yeah, I uh, mean, you, uh, yeah, go you ahead. really did just miss. Cause I mean, you had exposure to basically all the guys you wanted. Even Sungjae had a good week. It's yeah. Sue. That was uh, definitely a close one. It feels like probably. Hey? Yeah. Especially with Zalatoris there at 17% too. I mean, you know, I, I really had that top 10 covered, uh, but throwing in, um, throwing in Masayama as kind of that second guy, uh, in the lineup a lot of times, our third guy, or Scheffler, uh, both in that price range kind of crushed me. So, um, okay, uh, moving on. Oh, so my top uh, lineup, 179th. Alex came in 428th, so nothing great there. Now we go to last week's winner, Mendizel 81. He also went into Webb Simpson, Pat Cantlay, DeChambeau, Cam Smith, Hideki Matsuyama, Joaquin Neiman, Matt Wolf, Abe Answer, Colin Cowell, Sergio Garcia, and Doc Redmond. So, no changes, no new golfers that we see uh, taking from the, the pool of top 10 from Alex and I, no changes there. In fact, even when we bring in Brick 75, uh, the only one he changes is Kevin Streelman, Paul Casey, and Joel Damon. I will say I'm surprised at Paul Casey. This really did not feel like a Paul Casey event. Um, so uh, maybe uh, Brick was just relying on uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the ratings or the his model there. But um, Paul Casey was really the only one that surprised me. Even Ben Hanan, I think, is a warrant to play. I think he's totally fine um, there. And obviously, uh, Brian Hooper, Brick 75, he was uh, on Abraham answer a little bit more so than the most of us. Um, any, anything else surprise you other than uh, the Paul Casey ownership there? I mean, answer me being like his highest own player is a little bit mm-hmm. interesting. But again, it, that made for a good GPP pivot. I mean, that's a, a quality player at um, – you know, a little bit like the, the Matt Kuchar argument. I mean, just just a quality player who is a little bit. We we if Abraham answer, you know, a couple months ago might have been like 10k in this in this event. He easily could have been up there, right? So yep. you're getting a good price on him. Uh, I think that's a that's kind of a sharp play. I kind of agree with you about Casey. Probably just you know the ratings came out well on him, and he decided to get like a little bit over the field. So um, I agree though. I, I didn't really have much interest in, in Paul Casey this week. Um, coming off a rest, he he's kind of feels like the same kind of 
you know, we mentioned about Morikawa. Sometimes he'll just show up at, at events like this and just, you know, his, his focus on bigger events at this point in his career. So, um, yeah, nothing crazy there, but those two guys definitely stood out. Absolutely. All right. Well, we, um, I'll go over quickly. 81 players for Brian Hooper, 91 for M. Dizzle, 84 for Alex, and 57 for me. So, Maybe I'll add in a couple more players. Well, this week I definitely will. It's a no-cut. I'll play everybody in the field almost, um, except for a couple. But let's go into a lineup review. And the reason why I put the topic here as a 40K mistake is because that's what I made this week. So let's pull up my lineup that I actually entered. And it was Masayama, Morikawa, Wolf, Siwoo Kim, Luke List, and Justin Sue. However, at 9.30 in the morning on Thursday... It was the next one that I'm going to show you here. It actually had Patrick Cantlay and Sung J.M., not Colin Morikawa and Matt and Hideki Matsuyama. But for some reason, at 9.30 on Thursday morning, I decided to change those top two guys, Cantlay and M., who were going to be low-owned, way low-owned in the higher-dollar stuff, uh, and switch it to the chalk. And what did it cost me? It cost me 140 DraftKings points, and $40,000. I would have come in a second place alone in the $800 had I had not touched the lineup scoring 625 points. But Jeff, we don't play what if in DFS, do we? No, but um, you know, those, those, you know, two for two switches or whatever. um, I've been there a million times. They hurt. It's uh, you know, you're so close. It's always a little bit uh, it, hindsight is always 2020 in this, in this game. And Boy, it says, right. Um, you know, it could have easily worked out the other way. That's, that's the only thing I'll say, but yeah, it, uh, this, this was reminiscent of my week, man. I mean, you, you nailed like two or three guys and then, you know, the other three just, just didn't do anything. So um, there it is. Yeah. Still a little screenshot magic here, you know, with, with snippet yep. and all that, I was able yep. to show you what it would have looked like had I had not touched my lineup. This is what I would have been showing you here. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that, that looks way better. The second one, I'm not going to lie. But, uh, no, I mean, look, I, I, had a, I had a bunch of stuff like that, too. I, I wish I had gotten to Sanjay um, in, in a lot of lineups. Not, not giving him any attention was, was uh, one of my biggest mistakes, too. I guess the, the one thing I'll take away, and then we'll move on to your lineup here because I don't want to lament. Trust me, I've lamented uh, in my own personal time plenty on this. Uh, the one thing I'll say is, first off, stick with your initial read. Stick with your first answer on the question, right? I mean, that's always the first thing to do. Uh, that is a good point because, like, I, I, I'll admit, most of my best weeks have been when I've, like, just made a lineup early and I've just stuck with it. And that's just, like, I mean, it's a small sample size, but it, it most of my best weeks in DFS have come when I've done that, so... That's that's definite number one. And I think number two for me is the way you really get leverage. And we talk about this a ton. The way you get leverage in GPPs is ownership. And the, the combination of ownership was like 25% for Cantlay M versus 60% for Matsuyama Morikawa. Yeah. It's just an almost, when you look at those guys as a four in a group, you know, I'll take Cantlay and M just as much as I'll take Morikawa Matsuyama in, in yeah. any tournament. And when you have an ownership half of it, I should have just easily gone there. But, hey, I didn't, and that's uh, where we are. So um, let's move on to yours. Uh, looks like you got nipped in the bud on that Scheffler missing. He dunked it on 16. He was on another really important team for me last week. And uh, him and Will Gordon sitting at six under. 
was the ultimate tease, of course, after I made that terrible switch. Um, looks like you would have had a real good chance here had Scheffler made the cut. Threw up 100 points. You would have been right around 640 uh, by my calculation, uh, or right around 620, which would have been a huge score. Yeah, definitely if, if Scheffler had done it. And then the, the other thing that, that hurt this one, I had a late swap in this too. I, I had Burns in this lineup. Uh, oh, for Wise. Oh, for Wise. So uh, Burns at least made the cut. That would have been, that would have helped. So, points, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating because this I had like two, another Wolf-Laird lineup that, that only got three of six throughs too. So, I mean, um, it hurt to look at. I had Louie in all my lineups. He, I mean, and he saved the, you know, he, he ended up paying off. So, um, you know, Henley was kind of disappointing, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I would have won any GPPs with Russell Henley, but definitely this one would have gotten up there. Would have, uh, you know, it's still it's still been cashed or whatever at this, but... Um, well, Henley you know, was roughly the same price as Neiman, and they only had a, like a three or four point differential. So I think just given the six to six rate, I, if you had stuck with Burns and Shuffler snuck through there, I think you would have had a chance. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, look, he, I mean, if you had a, a six to six and you had like Matt Wolf and Laird in it, you're, you were going to do well almost regardless, right? So um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, I had a couple lineups like that. They were, it, it was weird. Because- Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Because, you know, I mean, it wasn't sweating anything because they were. it was over on Friday when you have two missed cuts. But, yeah, it was. it's funny to look back on it now and just be like, this was actually really, really close considering how how uh, how Wolf and Laird ended up. So frustrating, but... Um, you know, like we said, I mean, it just comes down to these two, these two or two switches. So, well, for you, luckily, you didn't go and add in the points that would have happened <laughs> and gone to the length that I did. And I will tell you, I got a great piece of advice from from our buddy and boss Alex Baker, and he told me he's like, "Hey, look, the key is don't add in the points. Don't go, don't go back." Oh, yeah follow it and that's of course what i did so if i do it again which i hope to not i'm definitely not going to be following the the uh choice that i didn't or did make so all right let's move on to sin city act two and i'm really excited to talk about shadow creek golf course for a little bit but before we do if you haven't got into the uh haven't got into nfl yet and you're a little timid especially with the FanDuel stuff going on we've got a great package for you the nfl express package We've added some new tools to it. So for just $3.95, you can purchase the NFL Weekly Express Pass, which now includes everything you need for showdown and single contest formats. What you're going to get is access to Osmo showdown and single game player projections, ownership projections, and top place uh, tools when you purchase the pass. In addition to the player rankings, lineup, builder lights, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool. So go ahead and join for just $3.95 for the express package. And uh, we've got some... Also, uh, some Monday night giveaways. So check out our Twitter handle at awesomeo underscore com, and you'll have a chance to win some good stuff going on there. Uh, we've always got some really good stuff going on for Monday night football. And, and it, I got to be honest, DraftKings, if there's one company that loves all of these choices and or changes in, in single games and being pushed back to Tuesday, it's got to be DraftKings, right, Jeff? <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, this is, um, 
this is what the you know it's I'm, I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm not going to bash any sites, but you know this is this has become a little bit more consistent with them over the years. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately for them, but um, I, I don't know. Hope, hopefully, they get it figured all out. Um, I, hopefully for the players too. I mean, I know there's some some chatter about the the offer they made and stuff like that to to make it right. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. Uh, if if Fanduel was publicly traded in the front, I assure you they'd be doing something different, uh, which is maybe why draft. Yeah, is yeah I think it's, uh, it's probably a good call, actually. <laughs> so let's talk about Sin City Act 2, though. Uh, we'll go back to golf here for a little bit. It obviously relocated, speaking of COVID, it got relocated here to Vegas because of the COVID and travel restrictions. But fourth time the event has been played, JT won it twice. And on Jeju Island, and Brooks Kepka won it once. We've got possibly, though, the best field we've had in a really long time here. Any quick thoughts on opening thoughts on the field? No, I mean, it, it obviously Brooks Kepka coming back is going to be super interesting to see. I mean, uh, by all accounts, he's been, he's just rehabbed. He didn't go under, undergo another surgery or anything like that. So I'm interested to see how he responds, if he's going to bring some form into the masters or not. I'm not like overly confident that anything great is going to happen between now and then, but you want to see the guy get healthy. I mean, you want Brooks Kepka in the mix, obviously. So uh, definitely be interesting. Um, I like the fact Rory's here and, and Xander, two guys haven't picked up a win. I think those guys will be really hungry this week. Um, definitely got a little interest in Rory, I think. Uh, going down, you know, I mean, obviously we got some Korean players added at the bottom. I honestly haven't done any research on any of those guys yet, so, like, don't even ask me about them. Um, they did just get added, too, I think, to the field. So, yep. um, but, uh, you know, we also, I guess the other thing to mention, we have some guys coming over from Europe, um, like Fleetwood, Tyrell Hatton obviously won last week, the BMW PGA. Uh, Justin Rose played over there last week too. So there's some there's some names there that have been traveling. I don't think it's like a huge deal to, to play them or not, but just, you know, something to keep in mind. Uh, some of those guys had really good results over at uh, over in Europe last week. They did, uh, Ty Hatton being one of them. And interesting, you brought up Fleetwood. So how strong this field is. I'll go quickly down the, the recap of, of who gets to play here. It's five players from the Korean PGA Tour, one player from the Asian Tour, which is Jaehyung Kim, who uh, Jaehyung Tom Kim, I should say, who we've talked about a little bit on the show. Talk about a little bit more coming up. Everyone knows him well by now. Yeah, yeah. Everyone um, that watches the show obviously knows who Tom Kim is uh, by now, probably. Uh, then we've got uh, some sponsor exemptions. And you ready for this list of sponsor exemptions? It's a good one. Okay. Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, it used to be Sergio Garcia, but with his win, that ended up qualifying him. Um, just crazy because the qualifications was top 60 in last year's FedEx Cup points ranking, and all 60 wanted to play, then the five uh, Koreans and then the one Asian tour player. So they ended up having 12 sponsor exemptions, and obviously all those guys I just mentioned did not come in the top 60 last year in points. So just interesting to hear that Tommy Fleetwood and Jordan Spieth need a sponsor exemption to play in an event. For Spieth, it obviously just shows how bad he's been, and for Fleetwood, shows how bad his year was last year uh, for all yeah, intents. Um, crazy. Let's talk about Shadow Creek for a little bit. We saw it for the 2018 The Match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. It's a par 72, 7,500 yards. But, Jeff, I, I got to be honest with you. They set up the course so easy for that Tiger-Phil uh, Tiger match. I mean, it was only playing like 7,300 yards that week. Tiger and Phil, they both hit about 10 of 14 fairways, about 11 of 18 greens for Tiger, 13 of 18 greens for Phil. But like I said, it was playing easier then. What do you expect out of this week? I mean, par 72, 7,500 yards in Vegas seems kind of short. 
I think it's going to be, if I had to give my opinion quick, I, I think it's going to be similar to last week, but the golf course is much prettier. It's built by billionaires rather than golfer, you know, guys that, you know, just had a little bit of money. You know, Shadow Creek is built by Steve Wynn and MGM. It's going to be a beefed up version of last week is my, is what I'm kind of taking with, you know, a little more intricacies and trinkets and creeks running through. Yeah. I still expect it to be low scoring. I don't know. I actually have a little, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. Yeah. I, I think they've, I think they're going to try and trick this out a little bit. I, I, I think it's, and I think the course might actually, again, I don't know enough about it. And I, I we've never seen this in competition, um, but I, I think from the layout and, and how it, you know, it looks like just the, the fairways aren't, aren't super, you know, they're not massive. They got, they got some creeks and trees obviously there that have been man made guarding the fairways. I think it's going to play a little bit more, Augusta kind of like quail hollow, like where let's like there's, there's birdies and, and eagles and stuff, but I think the, the longer part fours will play a little bit tough. So I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting like super low scoring. I, I think like maybe minus 15, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe even like under that maybe gets it done. Um, kind of what we see at Memorial, maybe like most years, obviously this year was insanely tough Memorial. I don't think it'll be that tough, but I think they'll try and make this this tough on the pros. Like it's Shadow Creek first time, like you said, it's an exclusive course. So I, at the same time, this is just my guess. You could be dead on, and it's like it's not that that, that long a course. So if the rough isn't up at all, and the fairways aren't as hard as I think they are to hit, like it, it could get low scoring quickly. But um, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna make this a little bit tougher. I think there's some tougher tee shots here. So we'll see. It, it is it is kind of gonna be up for debate, and, and maybe we'll get more info on it during the week. But I'm a little bit more optimistic that it'll be a tougher event. So I think I think there's a couple of things that'll go into making it tougher. One, obviously, the budget now owned by MGM, the, yeah. the budget for this golf course to do things like that is is probably unlimited. The fact that you got to pay five hundred dollars per round to play there, even if you're staying, I believe, at MGM, and I don't even know if they allow that anymore. Um, but I, I know they used to. Regardless. I think that they have the capacity that means to, to trick it up, to definitely make the greens, you know, they could basically kill the greens and replace them on Monday after the tournament and be totally fine. So I think they can get this to play uh, relatively uh, much harder, certainly than last week. I don't think we're going to get a 24 under par winner, but I got in the high mid teens, you know, somewhere around 18 or 19 under the par threes. I think that's the biggest point that I wanted to bring up between the match if you're looking at that in this week is that the part threes measured almost all of them at or under 200 yards. Whereas this week they're going to play all the way back. You know, the, that back nine, I think it's the 13th hole. It's a 260 yard part three, Right, that's going to play really tough. And now there was a 260 yard part three this past week at Summerlin when they played it all the way back there. But when you throw in the trinkets and things that I believe that I know are there and I believe they'll be putting there this week, uh, I expect it to be the hardest hole. Um, but there is a drivable par four and four gettable par fives. I think that's why I think we're we're going to keep that scoring pretty low. Um, yeah. Now, did you watch the match? Are you excited to at least uh, see it in full competition this week? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a cool course. There's uh, there's a few like, uh, you know, bendy dog legs, like I said, that will make for interesting setups. I mean, guys will have to shape, shape some shots and stuff like that. So um uh some shots. oh no jordan speeds in the field don't say that <laughs> but uh no definitely i mean you know i, I think the greens will be uh, obviously a lot tougher to hold and stuff like that i i if, i think i think the other thing that'll come down to it are they really going to trick out the greens and make them yeah. just because they are bank grass they, they you know maybe they'll just try and get them augusta like or something 
Um, so that'll be something else. The weather's pretty nice. It's going to, you know, in the, in the low nineties again. So could get really fast. Um, if it does, I think that'll make it be a big factor too. For sure. And I think you just uh, brought up a good point. It's bent grass greens, Bermuda fairway. So exact same setup that we had last week in terms of the grass types. Does that give you a lean or do you think that the best golfers that didn't play last week were likely already around the area practicing? Yeah. I, and I think a lot of the top golfers have, have fairly good familiarity with, with shadow Creek. Like most of them have gone out there before. So um, I, I mean, I, I think that I do think the players who played last week have an advantage. I, we've seen it a lot in these situations where you get back to back events in like a close proximity. And often the guys who do well the first week end up doing well. And someone ends up winning the second week who played the first week. So I would say that, you know, especially for outright betting, um, you might want to just, just, again, it's not going to look, there's players in the field where you, you, you can't avoid them like Rory and, and Xander. I mean, these guys are too good just to write off, but I'm just saying if you're looking for maybe like, you know, a, a dude who played well last week, maybe didn't like pop up with a huge finish. Maybe Sung JM is a good example. Um, and now is in the field this week and played well last week. I like those types of players for, uh, especially if you're getting a bit better value on them. For sure. It's a great lead in actually to our first clicks and uh, want to make a note real quickly before we go into this. I mean, the, I think the salaries dropped today at like 155. So literally as we were getting ready for the show, they dropped. So we didn't have much time to look at it. Um, But first uh, we'll do first clicks um, quickly. And and again, odds, uh, they haven't been out too long either. One of the first clicks I had though, I mean, I, I love going down the board, and I, I, again, with as strong a field as this is, I don't think that these golfers can win or this golfer can win. But I do think that a top 20 is not out of the question, especially that it's a no-cut, and that we've seen this guy compete twice now and make the cut. And on the PGA Tour, it's Tom the Tank Engine Kim. He's coming in at <laughs> 750 on a top 20. I mean, is that enough of an interest for you at, at a top 20 or still not quite buying into the – uh, potential of Joe Young Kim here this week. No, I mean, that's, it's getting up there. I mean, I don't know how much better you could expect to get in, um, you know, in, in a limited field event, obviously. Right. So uh, I think that's, I think that's fine. Um, he's not going to be like my, um, I, I don't know if I'll go there personally, but I think if you're, if you're definitely on the, 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 you know, the, the train, the, the, the Tom train, then, um, or whatever we're calling them, then, uh, you know, I, I think it's fine. I think those odds in a limited field event, um, you, again, you're just not going to get much better than that. And and we have seen him show up with some good rounds. So I, I think I've seen enough to say that like, that's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily going to go there, but yeah, for, for a big odds, uh, you know, play, I'm not sure who else you're going to go to unless you want to take like uh, Nick Taylor, Danny Leon or something like that. Like there's no, there's no one really, that's the other part of this. There's, there's really no one else who's that appealing to me down here. So <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I think Tom Kim is probably the play, quite frankly. If you want longer odds with the top twenty, so let's um, maybe give a, a couple of our other uh, quick little uh, first clicks, and, and maybe we don't have many here as we kind of digest the field. We have you know Dustin Johnson coming in at eight and a half to one. Then we guys got guys like Rory kind of slipping back fourteen to one. Matt Wolf still there at twenty two to one, exactly. Oh, maybe a little bit shorter than where we got him last week. Um, but before you give your opinion on those, this will be cleared up by the time we tee off. So I'm not worried about it, but Tony Fino shouldn't be in this field, right? Because I don't see an an out next to his name. He's printed on DraftKings at 9,400. He's in the odds at 30 to one, but uh, 
unless he's gotten three negative tests, I thought he was a minimum out two weeks. Yeah, I assume they're putting him there just so that he can rule him out later, and just in case maybe he, or maybe in case he does pass the tests later in the week or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, I was a little perplexed by that too. Yeah, I didn't think there was any chance he'd be in the field this week, but I guess something to keep an eye on. Uh, like you said, I think that'll probably be cleared up. You know, in in the next twenty four hours, um, be a little shocked if he played. Although, but you know, maybe he had a false positive or something, and maybe that's what they're waiting on. Yeah, um, maybe they haven't because he did say he had no symptoms, so. Um, it's possible like uh, either we had some kind of, um, you know, false positive or it's just they just haven't ruled them out and they're waiting till like tomorrow to do that. So I have no idea. I don't have a, unfortunately, I don't have any way to clear that up for you guys uh, who are listening. But definitely just, you know, keep an eye on. I think it's a possibility that uh, one of those two scenarios is probably going to play out. Yeah, um, I'm going to assume now the last time I re- came up with this, it was Cam Champ and Cam Champ. Uh, he didn't play that one week and then he did come back that following week after getting those three tests and showing no sign, no symptoms. Maybe we have that with Fino. Like we said, we'll get that. That will come to us before lock. Um, I can't imagine that it won't. And certainly if he's in the field, we'll, we'll certainly chat about him. Um, but okay. Uh, any first clicks that you want to chat about? I told you mine, Jake Young, Kim, I just, I always go down to the bottom of the board because those are the lines that end up changing the most. I don't think that one will actually change that much this week. So you don't have to rush to it or anything like that, but um, yeah. any first clicks for you? Um, so a couple guys, I mean, from, uh, from, a, from an each way perspective, I really like the odds that I was getting on Bubba Watson. I think he's at like plus 70 on the DK sports book, but I find him a, a plus 100. So that's a pretty big difference on, on one of the books that I use. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, um, with the each way, you're, you're, it's a top five bet as well. I think with the way Bob is hitting the ball, and I think I think this course is going to set up well for him with the four par fives. Um, I think that the, the dog legs right to left uh, looks like a little bit more prominent. I think that's good for him. Should set up well for a lefty. I, I think this is a course Bubba could come in and really like. Um, you know, no one's going to be super familiar with the greens here or anything either. I think that's a, a positive for the bad putters this week. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, terrible putter so um i think that's uh i think that's going to help him out i just like the price though again uh, you definitely want to try and get obviously the best price you can if you, especially for an each way but uh, once i saw that hundred i, I kind of knew i was going to click him and then just from a more outright perspective i haven't clicked rory yet but I, i'm pretty sure i'm going to have some money on rory mcelroy this week um i like the way he's progressing the off the tee game is there again i think this course uh, is, is going to be okay for him as well. I think I, I kind of like the fact for Rory that it's new too. Um, I don't know why I, I, I like that, but I, I just do. I, I think that he just needs some kind of fresh start. We've seen, you know, Sergio came in with a fresh start for the new year. I, I feel like Rory is, is in that conversation too. So um, I'm interested in Rory at these prices. I, you're just not going to get him that, that often at the same price as Xander Shoffley or even Patrick Cantlay. So um I think I'm going to take advantage of that. And then from the mid range, I already mentioned some JM. Uh, yeah. He's definitely going to be on my bets this week. Yeah. Let's chat about him for a second. 45 to one. I'm seeing him here on DraftKings Sportsbook. And of course, if you want to check for better odds, check out our odds shopper here on awesome.com. A perfect way to go and make sure you are getting those best odds because listen, you know, five and 10 points off is pretty significant. If you're betting more than 10 or 20 or a hundred dollars. So uh, certainly want to use that tool, Odds Shopper, over here on Osmo.com. That is a free tool for everyone to use. Um, easy to get to, too. Just go to our homepage, Osmo.com, and you'll see it on the banner right there. So uh, 
utilize that tool for sure. Sun Jam, 45 on DraftKings. Coming in, he led the field in strokes gain off the tee last week. Not only did he lead the field in driving accuracy, but he was also top 15 in driving distance. So obviously, Sung JM has total control of the golf ball off the tee. Didn't putt all that well last week, but I, I got to love him here again. 45 to 1, so he's being priced with another guy that I like this week. Now, I, I know his putter kind of went cold. His eyes closed putting method kind of ran out, but Sergio Garcia at 50 to 1. Both of those guys seem like pretty good value, right? Right, the second. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, don't don't mind the price on Sergio. He's hitting it really well. I mean, I'm definitely going to have uh, you know money on on my boy Louis again at that price. So I'll probably avoid Sergio, but I don't mind the call. I mean, Sergio is absolutely beast moding it off the tee. Um, so is Sanjay actually, which is which is part of it. Like you said, Jason, he, he's really finding uh, the fairways well right now. Um, led the led the field in strokes gain off the tee last week. Um, I think that's I think that's going to play big at, at Shadow Creek. Louis's actually been pretty consistent off the tee as well lately. So, you know, I think all three of those guys in this range really appealing to me. Um, you know, you could throw. I know I know Scheffler's in there too. Um, this could be the week for Scotty, I guess. It's it's hard. I think long term Scheffler is, is probably the best player there, but I think the other guys are just a little bit more appealing to me this week with the form and stuff um, and the way they're coming in. So. I think Louis M and, and uh, Garcia, like like I said, I'm I'm pretty much committed to two of those guys. So, yeah. Now our uh, our chat here is talking a little bit about the nappy factor, and uh, one of the gentlemen in there, Tokyo Swanee, said that he tries to avoid first time fathers uh, in his DFS liners. But you and I know in golf that the nappy factor is certainly real and alive. What do you think that does for Roy? Do you think that when he comes to play golf and his wife and new baby aren't traveling with him, maybe that frees him up or why do you think it works for golfers? Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a freedom factor there. I mean, I think there is, I think too, like, you know, like the, he had the baby a few weeks, a few weeks, a few months back, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not fresh. It's not like, you know, dealing with massive sleep deprivation anymore. So I think, you know, the added break, I think it's it's a good spot for for Rory. Um, but, you know, in a lot of ways, they're right. Guys, guys like, oh, they just had a baby. Like, you don't want to get on the guys right when they just had a baby last week. That just means they have, they have like two hours of sleep. So exactly. I think I think you're, it's legit to point that out because I always see people hop on it right away. You want the delayed nappy factor, which Correct. is I think what we're getting here with Rory. I think we've he's had time to adjust, recuperate a little um, like I said, I just get like into a routine, stuff. eat as much dominoes as he wants, whatever. Yeah, I think he's had enough time. <laughs> yeah, the dominoes, yeah. Um, but I, I think Rory is in, in one of those players who is like massively in need of like the fresh start from the season because nothing was really going right for him last year. Um, I think he's just too good a player to go too much longer without a win, though, which which is the other thing factors into this. I haven't bet I didn't bet Rory at all last year, but if he's gonna keep going out here in 2021 season at these odds, like it's going to, it's going to happen soon. So again, I haven't committed to it, but I, I'm very interested in him at that price this week. Last thing I'll say, we saw a video of Rory um, hitting some balls on the range, chasing speed it was clocked at right. 191 ball speed. Right. He is definitely maybe chasing Bryson a little bit. However, Rory's 191 ball speed versus Bryson's 200. Rory's looks so much more fluid than Bryson's. Oh. It's unbelievable. It's not even close Rory McIlroy's golf swing, I, I've thought for quite some time now, and I'm definitely not the only one, is, is one of the best in the world. So I'm excited. If he really wants to chase distance, I would love to see this guy hit at 400 and keep up with Bryson. 
um, it would it would be great. It'd be a good rivalry because Rory is a good person to have a rivalry with. He he doesn't really attack you. He just he just tries to beat you. Rather Brooks Kepka, he likes to get into the petty game, which is the reason why I don't like Brooks Kepka because he just he, he's too petty about things. What say you about Kepka this week? Is he in play for you? Might as well give him a couple of seconds here. No, this is one of those situations. I'll, I'll let other people get all fancy with Brooks Kepka. I'm sure he could put in a low round on the weekend. And look, it's a no-cut event, so... Yeah, he's going to get four rounds. Have at it. I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things, right? But um, I'll, I'll probably just... I, 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 unless he's projecting like 2% owned or something, which I don't think is, is a possibility, then um, I'll just let other people do it. I mean, we got, a, we got an elite field... You know, Wolf is up there. Obviously, he can dip down. Maybe Fina might even be in the field. So, you know, I think Hideki won't have too much ownership. I, I again, unless it was some sort of ownership pivot for me, I just it's just a wait and see week for Brooks Kapka, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. A um, couple more guys. Let's uh, in our in our DFS preview here uh, that I want to chat about. We do have, uh, as I suspected this week, I. Thought we were going to get six above 10K, and we actually got seven as they slide Matt Wolf up there. You surprised to see DJ, and it's only $200, but DJ eight and a half to one on the odds, John Rom 10. This is on DraftKings, but they flopped, yeah. they flopped their DK price. Is surprised by that, or do you think it's too? Yeah, I was a little surprised uh, for sure. I mean, I wasn't expecting John Rom to be in front of DJ. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what led to that, to be honest, um, but yeah. it's, it's a little strange. It's not like a huge difference, but. I think it'll just lead to Dustin Johnson being more popular. So yep. something to keep in mind. I mean, uh, I'd be kind of surprised if John Rahm was, was higher on than DJ at this point. Um, you know, Dustin Johnson also, you know, just a tidbit. I mean, he is actually the, the course record holder at Shadow Creek apparently since they had the Renos. So, um, you know, again, something else uh, to consider, but um, I'm sure that narrative might get built up. So I think if anything, it just, it's going to make for a chalky Justin, Dustin Johnson. Not, I don't think he's going to be, Super, super crazy. But um, again, uh, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, super surprised. I had no reason to think Dustin Johnson wouldn't be, you know, like 11-4, maybe even 11-5 and be the most expensive player this week. All right, this next golfer I'm going to tell you, we've got a couple more minutes here to talk about. So this next golfer, since the restart, so since all the way to the Charles Schwab talent, has two top 25s. That's golfer A. And golfer B has... Three top 25s. One golfer is priced at 8100 One golfer is priced at 7300 However, they're going in the exact same direction right now, and that is down. <laughs> Do you know who those two golfers are, and are you going to roster either of them this week? So one's Ricky, right? Yep. And Jordan is the other one. Oh, right. Speed. Sorry. I, I forgot the price. <laughs> yeah, okay. Pretty obvious. Um I already committed to, to using Bubba Watson, so um, Spieth will pretty much be non-existent for you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I, I got to get exposure to Hanley, so you know another one. Kim is playing um, good, seventy-one hundred, same. And he's actually he is actually playing good, so um, you know I, I, I can pretty much confidently say I'm out on Spieth. Ricky's a different story because we talked about this. I, I can't remember if we talked about this pre or on the show, but um, you know he looked fine in the first round and. I mean, now we're getting him like at a no cut event. I mean, I, I, look, I know this has been the story for Ricky Fowler for like a year now. Like he looks good. And then it's just like disaster. Um, like how much longer can we continue to chase this? But like we saw with Sergio, I mean, it's, it's just going to come together. I mean, it's, he's not, 
playing poorly. He's just playing extremely inconsistently. So uh, he, he's a guy I'm definitely going to look in. I think in that range too, you look at it. Like I know Paul Casey is, is, is underpriced, but that's probably going to lead to him being chalk. And then you have answer coming off a good week. My first initial reaction to this is, yeah, I probably will very heavily consider Ricky Fowler for as a pivot player. Um, I, I, I have confidence that the turnaround with Ricky is 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 coming sooner than later at this point. Um, and then again, I've faded him most of the last year too, like Rory. But these are two players, just Rory and Ricky. Like they'll they'll, they'll get it figured out soon enough. It, it, the, and I think this is probably getting close to when you need to hop back on if you want to kind of be first to it. If you're okay not being first and just waiting and see. Might even be the better approach than, by all means, you know, sit back and wait. All right, so we'll uh, end it on this uh, little notion that I have. I got two golfers uh, that I think should be pretty good fits. Both missed on the number last week. One golfer had 11 birdies in two rounds, and one had 12 birdies in two rounds. I'd say that's pretty good. Maybe just a little bit of victim of a tough cut sweat. Harry Higgs and Lanto Griffin, both checking in at 6,300. This week, I think I'm going to have exposure to both. Like I said, I, I like the fact that they had over 10 birdies in two rounds. I mean, if, if they had played the weekend, it's likely that they're probably priced up with guys like Kevin Na, who made the weekend, Ryan Palmer, who made the weekend, even Cam Smith, who made the weekend at 6,800. So I guess Harry Higgs, Lanto Griffin, I don't see their uh, talent level as much different than Cameron Smith, so to speak. So I think there's a little bit of price discount Anybody down low that you're focusing on Cam Champ is also there, 6,400, but his irons, his game is just off right now. It does seem off. Um, it, it's a little unfortunate, yeah, because um, you love him at that price. And, and I think this I think this setup would be really good for him too, but um, I'm not sure I'm not sure if you want to go there, to be honest. Um, it sucks for me to say that, but yeah, I don't, Harry Higgs being in the field was interesting to me too. I, I, I definitely interested in both Lanto and Higgs. Um, those are, those are the two names that popped out for me in the six K range. Adam Long, probably another player I might take a look at actually him and Fratelli probably will, will be the two players I'll take a look at there. Uh, Fratelli's uh, a pretty good long-term player. He's been a little bit off. So I'll have to see if his ball striking isn't on. I think Adam Long might be the more interesting play there. Obviously we've seen him pop off uh, with, with some big weeks. He can get the putter going. Um, if he can just keep the ball striking at a distant rate. So I think Adam Adam Long at 6,600, I, I like him as a player. That'll be a dude um, I, I'm going to look into. Um, again, no cut event, you know, even if he's even if he has one, like, bad ball striking around, I think with uh, – I, I think he can get it done. What about Mark Leishman, actually, quickly? You got any interest there? Like, is he going to turn it around? It's another guy who's – 6,800 for Mark Leishman in a no-cut event. He, you know, typically his ownership would be like 9,000, but here's his last couple of events. Cut, last place in a no-cut, last place in a no-cut, and cut. It it really is bad. Um, it looked like his back was about to fall off through that little stretch. So maybe yeah. the, you know, maybe the three-week break has has done him well. Um Jeez, I just don't know. I yeah. I used to think one if he putts he wins, but I don't think so anymore. I, I think I'm not I'm not really sure. I don't know what to do with the guy. I got to be honest with you. Um, uh, all right, well it's three o two here, so we're just coming up to the end of our time. I know it's only Monday, but let's give our picks the win because we had it last week with Matt Wolf. You know, we said it on here, so I think there's been a little bit of theme from you and I. I think it's been enough time now that he's gotten into his routine with his new child. At fourteen to one, I'm betting Rory McIlroy this week to win. I think he gets it done. 
Nice. Okay, let's just do a double Roy. Let's and we can just celebrate on. I won't even get fancy and bring up like Amber Louie. Let's just go Rory. It's kind of my first inclination too. We just said we got to go with our first uh, our first lanes. So yep, I'm on the Rory train. I think fresh starts for Rory. You can't this guy can't go that much longer without a win. So let's go. Uh, well, Jeff, thanks so much. This was a great. This is the PGA DFS first look show for the CJ Cup. We're gonna be back. Next week, same time, we've got the sure we've got the golf playing played at the Sherwood Country Club Zozo Championship. It was supposed to be in Japan, but obviously uh, with the COVID travel restrictions, it got uh, so Tiger Woods will defend his championship at a course that he knows quite well. And then, of course, we've got a, Q, a couple more weeks of Bermuda Championship, the RSM, the Houston Open, and then that's right, it's Masters Week. So a great time uh, for PGA DFS. Incredibly, even though it is the middle of the fall here. Stay with us. Uh, of course, plenty of more stuff going on over here at awesome.com. And uh, of course, if you like this content, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe to our channel here. And of course, if you're looking for more PGA DFS information for the CJ Cup, check out the show tomorrow, 2.30 afternoon. Much more time to analyze the information. It's got Ben Raza and Timothy Frank always bringing the fire takes. So until next Monday, Jeff, we will see you guys on the other side. Good luck, everyone, this week. Cheers. Cheers.